Welcome to the Neuropathy Support Group and Podcast. I'm Chris, and I'm so glad you tuned in. It's my hope with this podcast to help all of us gather information that might help those that need support dealing with this debilitating issue. Hello, and welcome to this podcast. Before we get started, let's get the formalities out of the way with the medical and privacy disclaimer. I am not a doctor or medical professional. The information on this podcast is from personal experiences and is meant for group support. Additionally, the information discussed is not meant to diagnose, treat, or cure any underlying conditions associated with neuropathy. All names here within are private and will not be shared with any outside sources. Please consult your healthcare provider before making any health decisions. If you have medical concerns or an immediate emergency, please contact your doctor or dial 911. Well, how was everyone's week last week? I hope you had some time to enjoy outside and be with family. Take the time to read some books, just to forget about our pain as much as pain we're in. Alright, so before we get started here, let me give you a little update in regards to my situation and my health. So, I went to see the ultrasound the other day, and they went ahead and did the test. And what I like is that the tests were done there, and I was immediately, immediately told what was wrong. Instead of having to have to wait another week or two. But um, so what happened was he, he checked my legs and there's no blood going from below my knee all the way down to my feet. This just isn't going all the way down. And I think that's the problem I'm having with my knees being in so much pain. So, oh, and one other thing he said was, it doesn't look like you're going to need any type of amputation. So, oh. That was a reliever to hear him say that. But, but what he's going to do is, is kind of like a bypass, I guess. Um, it's, a, it's an in-and-out surgery. He gives you two incisions and like a catheter down your um, vein or artery and opens it up. So I'm hoping this works and give me my feeling back in my legs and, and hopefully less pain. That's, what, that's the one thing I'm wanting is less pain. But I still have my MRI coming up next month, and that's also going to be looking at my legs. So I'm going to get a thorough look at my legs from an ultrasound view and the the um, MRI view. So that's going to be really good. I, I'm glad I'm getting all this attention with you know the doctors taking care of me. Usually it's not that usually this isn't the case, and what happens, you know, and we all know that. But, all right, today we are on our third part of a five-part series of the different types of neuropathies there are. Today's topic is going to be on focal neuropathies. That's F-O-C-A-L. And that's what we'll be discussing. So let's go ahead and get started here. What are focal neuropathies? Focal neuropathies are conditions in which you typically have damage to single nerves, most often in your hands, your head, torso, or leg. This type of nerve damage is less common than peripheral and autonomic neuropathy. Many different focal neuropathies can affect people who have diabetes. Entrapments. Entrapment or entrapment syndromes 
are the most common type of focal neuropathy. Entrapments occur when nerves become compressed or trapped in areas where nerves pass through narrow passages between bones and tissues. People with diabetes are more likely to have entrapments than people without diabetes. The most common entrapment is called carpal tunnel syndrome. Although less than 10% of people with diabetes feel symptoms of carpal tunnel syndrome, about 25% of people with diabetes have some nerve compression at the wrists. Um, yesterday, I went to um, a ball game like I do usually every Friday during baseball season. Some Fridays I don't go, but the yesterday I went and saw the group. Um, I don't know if you guys ever heard of them, but they're called the Savannah Bananas. And it's, it's, it's a take on baseball, but they have their own rules. And it's something like the Globetrotters and, you know, those kind of teams that play, you know, another team. And, of course, they're going to win in the end. But that's what this is like. But getting back to what the story is, um, my hand tensed up so hard yesterday. I couldn't move any of the fingers at all. And the first thing I'm thinking, okay, a stroke. But this has happened to me before, but my fingers were just locked up. I couldn't move them out of the way or move them around. And I tried everything. Finally, it went away. But, man, that was painful. You know, and I'm thinking, okay, why didn't I wear my compression gloves, you know, to, to combat that issue? So I got to keep them with me in my walker when I go to the ball games or anywhere else. So some other focal neuropathies do not have or do not involve trapped nerves are much less common. These focal neuropathies most often affect older adults. Examples would be cranial neuropathies, which affect the nerves of the head. Cranial neuropathies can cause eye problems or problems with the muscles of your face. Symptoms depend on which type of nerve is affected. And that's, that's the new one that they've added um, to this list is cranial. They categorized it under its own definition now. So, uh, and we'll be learning about that in a couple weeks. So what causes focal neuropathies? Over time, high blood, blood glucose, also known and called blood sugar, and high levels of fats such as triglycerides, in the blood from diabetes can damage your nerves and the small blood vessels that nourish your knees, leading to focal neuropathies. So what are some of the symptoms of focal neuropathies? Entrapments, focal neuropathies that involve trapped nerves cause symptoms that begin gradually and get worse over time. Examples include carpal tunnel syndrome, which causes pain numbness and tingling in your thumb, index finger, and middle finger, and sometimes weakness of your grip. Ulnar entrapment, which causes pain, numbness, and tingling in your little and ring fingers. And persennial entrapment, which causes pain on the outside of your lower leg and weakness in your big toe. Isn't it kind of amazing our body and how it works and all these different nerves 
you know, affect different areas of our body and I meant to, you know, come up with five different neuropathies. I mean, you know, it's just crazy what our body does. Uh, focal neuropathies that do not involve trapped nerves cause symptoms that begin suddenly and improve after several weeks or months. Depending on which nerve is affected, you may have pain and other symptoms in your hand, legs, foot, torso. Cranial neuropathies, focal neuropathies that affect the nerves in your head, may cause symptoms such as aching behind one eye, double vision, paralysis on one side of your face called Bell's palsy, and problems focusing your eyes. So how, doctor, how do doctors treat focal neuropathies? Their doctor may treat focal neuropathy pain with the same medicines used to treat peripheral neuropathy pain. To treat a focal neuropathy that involves a trapped nerve, your doctor may recommend wearing a splint or brace to take the pressure off the nerve, medicines that reduce inflammation, surgery if other treatments don't work. For focal neuropathies that involve trapped nerves, most people recover within a few weeks or months, even without treatment. Why can't that be with all the neuropathies out there? So let's go ahead and, and compare the three all together. And then there's another topic I want to talk about. So as we break this down, peripheral neuropathy affects the nerves that control the movement and sensation of your limbs. Peripheral neuropathy stems from problems that affect your entire body. It also affects your nerves on both sides of your body. Autonomic is a type of neuropathy that affects the involuntary nerves that control the organs of your body. Of intestines, heart rate, strength of heart contraction, blood pressure, urination, and more. And then focal neuropathy. Focal neuropathy is common, but it includes conditions like carpal tunnel syndrome and ulnar neuropathy, which are caused by compression of different specific nerves. Both affect the hand and the wrist. Now see, I have, no, I have peripheral neuropathy, but I can also count focal neuropathy for myself also, because I have carpal tunnel. I've been diagnosed with that. So, and I told you guys about the uh, other day when I went to a baseball game, my whole hand I couldn't move my left fingers at all. They were all tensed up like I was having a stroke. And that's the worst I'd ever had it. But I guess that's where I fall into that. So I do have two of the issues of a neuropathy. So the one topic I wanted to talk about was a medication that many of, of us have used or are using right now. And that's gabapentin. I've seen so many reports lately in the news about it. Um, so that was something I wanted to talk about to add it on to this episode here because it, it happens to us that have neuropathy. So how does it work? Gabapentin may be used for the treatment of certain seizure disorders or nerve pain. So see, some of these medications were made and they found that they also work, you know, for not only disorders, but they also work for pain. Experts aren't sure exactly how gabapentin works, but research has shown that gabapentin binds strongly to specific sites. And see, so he's talking about alpha-2, so it's different sites in your body. This action is thought to be a mechanism 
for the way it relieves nerve pain and lowers the risk of seizures. So let's go down a little bit more here. The upsides of taking gabapentin may be used in addition to other medications to reduce seizure frequency in adults and children aged 3 or older with partial onset seizures. It also helps with nerve pain um, during that time if you had shingles. Also, it helps with uh, restless leg syndrome. I don't use it for that, but I use Requip is what I found to use. Um, gabapentin is also available as generic. However, all generics are interchangeable with some branded versions of gabapentin. And gabapentin may be used off-label, which means there's an indication that has not been approved by the FDA, but may still have a place in therapy. For some other indications, such as fibromyalgia, persistent hiccups, migraine prevention, and hot flashes, it helps. Now the downside of gabapentin. If you're between the ages of 18 and 60, take no other medications or have other medication, medical conditions, side effects, you are more likely to experience the uh, included here. Busyness, drowsiness, tiredness, fever, and an uncontrollable movement of the eyes. Drowsiness caused by gabapentin may affect your ability to drive or operate machinery. Alcohol and other drugs with sedative properties enhance this effect. It also may cause behavioral problems, hostility or aggression, or, or thought disturbances when used to treat epilepsy in children aged 3 to 12. Other side effects may include blurred vision, lazy eye, dry mouth, peripheral edema, that's where you have the retention of fluid in your feet and hands, tremor, sexual dysfunction, and gastrointestinal uh, disturbances. Similar to other anticonvulsant medicines, gabapentin may increase the risk of depression and suicidal thoughts, particularly in young adults under the age of 24. Gabapentin has been associated with discontinuation syndrome when abruptly stopped. Symptoms include anxiety, insomnia, nausea, pain, and sweating. It should be tapered off slowly and under advice. It may interact with other medications including antacids, hydrocodone, morphine, and other drugs that cause sedation or dizziness. It may also cause false positive results on some urinary protein tests. There have been some reports of gabapentin misuse and abuse, particularly in people with a history of drug abuse. Be alert for this possibility. Gabapentin requires three times daily administration because of its short duration of effect. Only effective for partial onset seizures, not other types of seizure disorders, and some branded and generic forms of gabapentin are not interchangeable. And here's an extra note on that. In general, seniors and children, people with certain medical conditions such as liver or kidney problems, heart disease, diabetes, or seizures, or people who take other medications are at more risk of developing a wider range of side effects. Bottom line is, 
Gabapentin may be used in the treatment of partial onset seizures and nerve pain, but is likely to cause drowsiness or dizziness. Here's some tips. The new the rotten brand of gabapentin can be taken with or without food. If you break a 600 milligrams or 800 milligram Neurotin tablet in half, be sure to take the other half and use your next dose or within 28 days. Also, you want to make sure you monitor your mood changes and report any evidence of new or worsening mood and depression to the prescribing doctor. Do not take gabapentin at the same time as antiacids, such as Maalox or Gaviscon. Separate administration by at least two hours. Take exactly as directed by your doctor. Do not increase or decrease the dose without his or her advice. Avoid operating machinery. The side effects of gabapentin, such as dizziness and drowsiness, may in risk increase your risk of falling. Remove all fall hazards from your home if possible, such as loose rugs. And be careful when ascending and descending stairs. Talk to your doctor if you experience any worsening of your mood or if you develop any suicidal thoughts. Do not stop taking gabapentin without your doctor's advice as it may precipitate a withdrawal reaction. Symptoms could include ag agitation, disorientation, and confusion. When the time comes to dis discontinue gabapentin, your doctor will tell you how to taper it off. So here's the gabapentin response and effectiveness. Peak concentrations of gabapentin occur within two to three hours. Although gabapentin may improve sleep problems due to nerve pain within a week, it may take up to two weeks for symptom relief from nerve pains to occur. Interactions. Medicines that interact with gabapentin may either decrease its effect affect how long it works, increase side effects, or have less of an effect when taken with gabapentin. An interaction between the two medications does not always mean that you must stop taking one of the medications. However, sometimes it does. Speak to your doctor and about how drug interactions should be managed. And finally, here are some common medications that may interact with gabapentin. First, of course, is anti-acids, anti-anxiety medications, antidepressants, antihistamines, narcotic pain relievers, sedatives or sleeping pills, and tramadol. Alcohol may worsen the side effects of gabapentin, such as drowsiness and dizziness. Note that this list is not all-inclusive and includes only common medications that may interact with gabapentin. You should refer to prescribing information for gabapentin for a complete list of the interactions and I'll make sure I post this with all the other um, information that I find so you have it at your your hand right there. Now I didn't list um, all of the uh, common medications. Some of them are difficult for me to, to say so I just left them out. But you'll have the list that you can go over them. But make sure whatever you do is you always have your doctor's um, advice. Always talk to him before you start and stop a different regimen. Or if you add something, even supplements, you need to talk to your doctor about. 
So, because sometimes those can interact with your medications too, that I found. So that finishes this episode when we were talking about focal neuropathy. Next episode is going to be proximal. And that'll be a new discussion for us and how it compares to all the others that we've talked about so far. So we're going to be on our fourth in the series. And I hope you enjoy this one and come back and enjoy the next one. All the episodes are right there. I post them all. You can watch them all. There's three years worth. And there's a lot of information I I gather and, and give to you to make sure that you have everything you need, especially for yourself, especially when you go to see your doctor. That's very important to have, that paperwork. So gabapentin might not be the medicine for you. It wasn't for me. I took it for about a year. And other than that, it gained a lot of weight, but it didn't help with any pain. So that's why I have been switched around so much. And now I'm on the opiates. Because that's the only thing that worked at the time. And kind kind of works now. And, you know, I'm so used to it. But I just wanted to give you a rundown. Because I've seen a lot of um, reports in regards to gabapentin lately. And some of the good and some of the bad. So just wanted to help you keep up to date on what's going on in the medications. And... Until then, this episode is done. I will talk to you guys next Monday. Bye. As we come to a close, it's my hope this podcast and other sources, such as product reviews that I have discussed today, can better our lives and give us some relief dealing with neuropathy. This episode plus others are posted every Monday on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. And finally, whatever life throws at you, even if it hurts you, just be strong and fight through it. Remember, strong walls shake, but never collapse. Talk to you next Monday.